Welcome to the Pineapple Couch. This is episode 23. Today is April 22nd. Um, we got an exciting show for you guys today. Um, just a quick reminder that if you like the Pineapple Couch, you can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And thank you to uh, our new listeners out there. Um, we hope that we can keep it up and um, you'll keep listening. Again, this is the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Um, today we're going to be talking some NFL and some NBA. We have Gronk officially headed to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA draft, or the NFL draft, excuse me, because that is this weekend. It's going to feel like an actual game because of the lack of content we've had. And then to wrap it up, Alex and I are going to get into some of the MJ documentaries and some other stuff about um, the NBA season being changed. Right now, we welcome on my father, Jeff Robbins, to talk some NFL. How you doing? Good. I wore my Chris Weber Bullets jersey for your show. Well, I'm glad you're dressed up. That's the extent of us getting dressed up these days. Um, so we thought, so right when this all started, the quarantine and shit, we had the NFL free agency with Tom Brady. So that was like kind of the way that if you're a sports junkie, you kind of just consumed that for that first week. And then it's just been nothing because everything's been fucking canceled that seems so long ago seems so long ago but now out of nowhere a former patriot rob gronkowski was really out of nowhere the only i mean lee pft's dog was it was out of nowhere (laughs) that was like the only way are you really surprised i mean he's i thought he was 100 percent coming back last year that is why i wasn't like last year, I thought it was a hundred percent chance he's coming back. So that's why it's kind of like maybe he's, he actually is done. But um, did you see the video Brady posted? The one where he run, Rob Gronkowski like runs out of the forest. Yeah, he like <laughs> blows some like Viking horn, and then Gronk shows up. It's great. I'm great excited for those two to be back together. Um, so yeah, Rob Gronkowski gets traded to the Buccaneers. So he informs the Patriots that he wants to unretire and um, he wants to play for the Buccaneers. So the Patriots trade. A seventh round pick and Rob Gronkowski for the Bucks fourth round pick, Belichick accumulating picks. Um, and really we're seeing not I mean, it was obvious that this was a new era with no Tom Brady, but even Gronkowski leaving now and they're gonna try and make a little magic, I guess, at the end of their career one last time. What is your initial reaction to Rob Gronkowski going to the Bucks? Isn't it weird that Ron Rob Gronkowski only pulls a seventh and fourth round pick? I mean, I know it's because he wouldn't play for any. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a lot of options, but that, think about they got it's wild with some that. like. And then you talk about like when DeAndre Hopkins got traded. When you looked at like what basically they got for him, it's like the NFL. The value of I guess it's because the draft is so important that they'll take those. Re- drafts because of their low contracts because you see some of these elite elite players just go for nothing and i know gronkowski is coming back from retirement and stuff but i still think he could have a huge impact on the field don't you yes it's interesting because i think what it relates to is the nfl's belief that the production they get from players unlike a lot of sports it it peaks a lot earlier oh yeah right so you can get productivity at a lower price in the NFL and still get most of that player's production because th- how long is the average NFL career? It's like less than three years. Right? Yeah. I mean, and whereas in the NBA, it's like, I think around five or six, especially seven. with the core group of stars in the NBA who play for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah. always the guys sort of interchanging at the bottom of the rosters and there's but some, yeah, the top six or seven guys on most NBA rosters are spending a long time in the league. Mm-hmm. And I don't they, think that's necessarily true for the top 20 guys because the rosters are so much bigger. With football, it's really just like quarterbacks that, right. for the most part, unless you're like an, linemen, you're, some, you're a Ray Lewis. linemen sometimes. Um, yeah, the guys like Ray like Lewis legends. are the exceptions. Yeah, like Ed Reed, those guys, Paul Amalu, who have long careers. But for the most part, you're right. It's It's kind of gone in an instant, a lot of careers. So that's why I guess it's so cool to see Brady just keep going um what do you think about the Bucks record this season because I'm I'm prepared to say like I think I'm gonna put it on record right now I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are gonna go like 13 and 3 I think they have the second best offense Brady has ever had um I'm putting that 08 team uh as the number one with Randy Moss Welker 
And then it might be close with some of the... Uh, no, I think this is better than the Dion Branch era of the Patriots. This, just with the weapons with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski. I really like the Bucks' chances this year. Um, but they are in a tough, tough, tough division that's always up and down. What do you think? Are you drinking the Kool-Aid like I am or not as much? Not as much. I think football has more moving parts than really any other sport especially in the sense that they really have to work together like you have maybe more moving parts in baseball but baseball is largely you know how much effect does the second baseman have on the left fielder not that much but in football all those parts have to work together and I just think people underestimate how much how hard it is to create an environment that not only where everyone produces and respects the system, but knows it inside and out. And I don't necessarily think it's like Tom Brady is just going to walk into a new locker room with a new coach, a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive line, and new receivers, and just immediately hit the ground like it's the 08 Patriots. Yeah, I think there's, I think it's, I expect there might be some roadblocks. Um, in terms of just like the overall flow, you're mentioning the line, stuff like that. And especially because they might have an extremely shortened off season. Well, it's this not year. just think about the, that. That's true. And it's not just the line, it's the receivers. I mean, yeah, Gronk that, that I'm not worried about, though, with the receivers. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Tom Brady, they'll figure it out. Yeah, I think that's harder than you think. And there could be a guy where it just doesn't click. One of those guys, it could be that it just doesn't click with yeah, Mike Evans. That, that's know. true. That could happen. But I think one thing. So the Bucks had a really good defense last year, surprisingly. They were, like, ranked fourth overall in, like, DBOA. I think it's different, though, when your team is expected to win and you are not, you don't have Jameis Winston turning the ball over, so it's kind of like just a rat fuck. The Bucks' defense is going to have some pressure on it, newfound pressure now that they're expected to win, and that's something, I think, to look at. Even though they, they have Levante David, Shaq Barrett, some great players, I think that everyone's only talking about the offense of the Bucks. There's a lot of pressure that comes with Tom Brady to that yeah. defense that's never had to play a primetime game. How many more reporters are going to be in the Tampa Bay locker room next year compared to any other year in their history? I, was there a Bucks? That's true. It's, it's a gonna, national thing. It's going to be just, like 50 times more. There will be people from Boston. All of those people will be down there following. There will be people career. from everywhere. It's a national story, so you'll have the New York and L.A. media on it. And, you know, how... How does that fit in Tampa? Bruce Arians seems like a guy that can handle it. Yeah, he's, I mean, obviously Belichick is the ideal, but like Bruce Arians. But if you look at their offenses, Bruce, I don't like watch Bruce Arians or Bill Belichick teams and think, wow, those are very similar offenses. So is Arians plan to run like a big spread offense? Like oh, yeah, I think we're going to see. England, I or think, is he going to run like. Something more similar to what he's traditionally run. I think he's going to air it out. I think he is going to, because what Brady really wanted, the reason Brady left, I think he left New England, is that there was some part about Belichick always still controlling everything and having more say. And obviously, look what that's done. They've had a 20-year run of being great. But Brady wanted input. And it, I think Bruce Arians had some quotes about like, oh, I'd love, he's a Hall of Famer. I'd love to work with him. And so it's going to be more of a, a back-and-forth relationship than Brady's used to. So I fully expect to see Brady start to do things that maybe Belichick didn't want um, and he's always wanted to do. I'm not worried about the offense at all. I don't think Tom Brady looked bad last year. I think he had terrible weapons. Well, I would probably disagree that Brady didn't have input. I don't think that relation la relationship well, You know what? Lasts. I think he has some, but not as— he had a lot of freedom. I think he had a lot of freedom to change plays and do things at the line of scrimmage that other quarterbacks didn't have. Um, Obviously so I not do, enough, though. I, I think that something... I think he left, but he goes back to... credit? Like, because he like, wants to prove, and Belichick's the same thing. A large part of the motivation... This is just my opinion. Brady wants to prove he can win without Belichick, and Belichick wants to prove that he can win without Brady. And it might be that simple. It, the thing that Brady... I think The thing right. I would add to that would be, I think Tom Brady was frustrated with the lack of talent at the skill positions in New England. And he certainly gets that in mm -hmm. I guess that's what I mean, more of an input with Brady, I guess. Because you're right, Belichick, I think, let him work with the plays and you obviously see change them, him. Their but what I think Brady, the, what Belichick wouldn't do, Brady wanted them to get 
players for him to throw to. He wanted them to keep Antonio Brown. He wanted all this. And that's where Belichick was kind of like stingy and didn't ever want to go spend the big money. That's probably one of the bigger things. And also, I think you're right. It comes down to ego and who wants to get the credit. Um, Quickly, I want to circle back, though. Well, I think you're right about that in the sense that I don't think you would have... If Tom Brady was upset about talent at the skill positions, I don't think it's at all likely that they would go out and be involved in a trade like the one that was done for DeAndre Hopkins. Belichick doesn't overpay. Yeah. He's, and that's what's kept them so good. So it's hard to be very critical. Well, well, on the one hand, I can be critical just because I think one of the reasons they've been able to do what they've done is that Brady hasn't tried to get every dollar out of the Patriots. Oh, yeah. So if I were to Brady... makes more money right. than him. Well, that's, she makes a lot more money than... A lot of people. Um, but with with Brady, it's like, I don't know. I sort of lost my train of but thought. Bra- wait, I want to go back to that. Uh, just about Giselle. She, so Brady's probably, if like he makes a fuck ton of money from not just the NFL, but from all his ads. How much money does Giselle have? Well, she's like, like maybe one of the most famous international models ever. And she's been around for forever. Forever. Right? So she's not just getting paid. Like Brady, all that stuff you're talking about. Is from the U.S. Nobody cares about Tom Brady in Belgium. They don't play football. But, you know, the others, yeah, like basketball players, you see it. Because mm-hmm. they all play basketball. That's a good but point. But Giselle is getting paid in Japan. She's getting paid in Brazil. She's I've always paid heard, in France. I've always heard She's, that she makes more than him. Because everyone always says that. And I sometimes I'm always like, I'm like, how? Because you see, I mean, he's everywhere. But obviously, she's she is global. Too. She's and global. It's, and it's, yeah. Um... One thing that you reminded me of when you were talking about like how the Bucks are going to have a, f- a fuck ton more like reporters in their locker room, it's going to be a little similar to when LeBron went to the Lakers. And so the Lakers had all those young guys who, even though they were on the Lakers, they're still in a certain level of spotlight. When LeBron James gets there, it's going to be magnified. And we saw that year some of those players not be able to adapt. I'm Brady and LeBron, a lot of differences. I'm not going to get into that, but... Because being big... thrust into the spotlight, that's exactly what is happening. It's exactly what Lonzo, Ingram, and Kuzma last year. It's tough to argue that the Lakers don't always have that kind of spotlight on them. They just Even it though LeBron wasn't... makes it bigger. It's not. It's nothing like Tampa. I know, obviously, but the Lakers were the after Kobe retired for like one. They were pretty like hard to watch. I'm not saying they were no one very watched hard them, to watch. but. And very few people watch them. So it, it does happen. So obviously Gronk going there, it's like an or um LeBron going there in A D that revitalized the hunger in LA. That's like repeat, right? That's happened so many times in Lakers history, whether it was bringing in Shaq or Kareem or Pow. Pow or I mean they get the big splash players because they're the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um let's move on to a little NFL draft. And some free agency stuff. I'm going to talk about some quarterbacks in the NFL draft and some free agent quarterbacks and get your input. Um, so, quickly, though, I'm going to go over a couple things. So, Tua, I am a Chargers fan. I want Tua so bad. I want he can throw a great long ball. There's a little injury worry, but fuck it. Let's roll the odds. Him throwing the ball to Mike Williams would be awesome. I really don't want to watch Tyrod Taylor. I, that would suck to know that they got rid of Phillip Rivers. For Tyrod Taylor, if they get rid of Phillip Rivers for Tua, okay. You're getting a young quarterback. I'm fine with that. Um, but the Dolphins, they definitely have a hole to fill at quarterback, so they might be looking at Tua. Um, they've talked about Justin Herbert and Love from Utah State as potentially well, in Burrow's. the top ten. Burrow's going number one to the Bengals. I'm just assuming that. Um, in other news, the 49ers are shopping their 13th, the, the 13th pick in the draft and the 31st pick in the draft because they don't have the second, third, and fourth rounders. Um, so they look to get maybe more depth there. Um, I'm going to start with your thoughts on Tua. We don't have to go too long on this. Is the injury concern outweigh the higher, like the high ceiling he has and he has shown? Without having looked at the medical reports and talked to orthopedic surgeons, I it, all I can think of is Bo Jackson, because he had the same thing. And when Bo did that, first of all, the play got hurt. You didn't even think he was hurt, but it cut off the circulation of blood to an area of his hip bone. They called it necrosis of the hip. So literally, that section of bone in his hip died. 
And my understanding is now Bo still played major league baseball after that. Think about mm-hmm. that. But I'd be so scared. Yeah. So there's two ways to look at it. There is that way that's probably more realistic and just it's obviously more pessimistic too, but that's sometimes a good way to be when you're an NFL GM trying not to get fired. 30 years ago. But two up. So two things about that. One report that has come out, and you never know how much validity you can say to this, is that Tua's, Tua's hip is healthier than it was before. I don't know how that works. Who was saying that? Doctor. His agent. And I don't doctor. know. That came out. But one thing I think that is equally possible to Tua maybe – these two things are equally likely. I'd actually lean 60-40. So I think 40% that he's hurt and never does anything. But I do think that there's a chance that two years from now we go like, you guys remember when we thought like – Tua, the injury concern, and he fell to, like, pick number seven, and it's like he's a phenom because that's what he was in college. He was so damn good. From the moment he was a freshman and they put him in in the fourth quarter um, or in the second half against Georgia. So I think there's a high ceiling, and um, I do think that the two other quarterbacks, Herbert and Love, have a lower ceiling than Tua. And then I'm Burrow, I think, is the top dog. That's why I don't mention him as much. He's going number one, and I think he's going to be a tremendous quarterback. Did Tua go to the combine? No one did. Okay, so they... No, they did. No, he didn't. He did he not go. go. So let's look at it this way. He wasn't ready yet. Let's say that the injury is bad. Or not... Oh, let's no, just, just, let's just assume this, but hear me out. Because I think <laughs> if the injury was worse than what's going on is making a lot of sense because originally when he got hurt, you heard stories about how he's going to come back and play his senior year. Okay. Now that was, that was weird. Okay. Maybe it was weird because he was obviously concerned about taking a huge hit to his draft stock based on the injury. So let's say that the injury isn't, or it is not as good as he would like. It's, it's worse. So if you're him and you're going to go pro, in the anticipation of a payday, do you go pro now and not go to the combine and make the representations that your injury is re- and you're ready to go? Or do you go play next year and show that to everybody? So, so that- I see what you mean. And I think that that's a great point. And the, the one, the reason that that's such a great point is in normal years, team doctors would be able to go get their own physicals with him before the draft and know all this stuff. Now, because of the quarantine and stuff, they can't. So I mean, who's to say... Another thing, I forgot where I heard this, but I really liked it. Who's to say that the NFL wouldn't just secretly send like some team that's going to maybe say, take like, let's say like the Dolphins. They're going to take them with the fifth pick. How, how do we know they don't secretly send two, guy, two people to go do a physical and they wear masks and they do all this shit because they're putting so much money in it. The NFL is a billion dollar league. So are you telling me that no one's been able to independently evaluate Tua? Yes. That can't be true. Really? I'll look, I, I'm going to look it up. I but... would never draft him if I didn't have the chance to take have my own doctors look at him. No possible way. I'm looking it up. So he does have a long... Um, uh, injury history in college which is another thing that is um how important do the hips are to the quarterback position in the pocket when you're looking at different receivers since you torque it on every throw it's a good point um I'm, okay i'm looking i got the article pulled up right now everyone bear with me um internet's not that great Okay, no. Dolphins doctors examined Tua extensively in Indianapolis, and the club gave the former Alabama quarterback a passing grade on his physical. Passing grade. I wonder what that really means. So. that's That makes a lot of sense, because nobody would touch him if they weren't going to, at least not in the top few picks. Yeah. If they I still think they would just go behind the back, and like if they, lo- if they weren't able to get a physical, I still think they'd try. And, I mean, they're paying so much money to these guys they're gonna do something um let that, that's probably better than we'll yeah we'll see um we, we will see how those medical reports really were based on where he gets drafted yeah let's if you see four or five teams that need quarterbacks pass on them that means they didn't like well what, they what might happen is one team might 
two teams pass on him and then those teams get in their head and they're like, wait, why did they pass on? They see something we didn't. And it just kind of like you go down like Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers, like that happened to Paul Pierce that happened to, um, I think it was Donovan Mitchell was one that guy that happened to, he was supposed to go higher. Could be wrong. I don't know. Um, what, another thing about the NFL draft, though, I want Bryson Love. That's his name. What's it? What's his name? Jordan Bri- Love. Jordan Love. Why did I think Bryson Utah, Love? The Utah State Aggies. Yeah. What do you think of his chances of being a good pro? I like them. I, okay. Good pro. Do I think Jordan? I'm not that high on him. He threw too many picks, and I lost money gambling on him. Yeah, I disagree with that. I think Jordan Love has the <clears throat> potential to be a decent NFL starting quarterback. He's a good decision maker. He, yeah, he is. They put him, Utah State is a better program than people give them credit for, top to bottom. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he he likes to throw throw picks. He's athletic, but he's not. He likes to throw picks when he's trying to, when I'm trying to get him to cover a spread for me. And he'll just throw that sweet pick in the fourth quarter. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I like love. Do I like him? Like I think he's, you know, where, but it's like he's not a top ten pick, right? Probably not. You would? Would you take Tua over Love? No, you're just scared of Tua. That I'm scared of Tua. See, I'm, I want him. I want Tua. Fuck it. Because here's the thing: if the Chargers don't take him, it's guaranteed. Like, let's say he goes to like the pick after the Chargers, I guarantee he wins like a couple MVPs. Sometimes teams like <clears throat> feel too compelled to get a quarterback so they end up drafting guys higher that don't work out when they really would have even those look what the cardinals did with rosen and murray back-to-back years you know there's a rumor right now that the giants who just spent the fourth pick on the draft and daniel jones are looking at justin herbert with the third or fourth pick yeah quarterbacks are tough how many great quarterbacks are there on the planet it's probably the three, four. Yeah, and then I mean, you've seen it throughout history, like when um, the Redskins took RG three and Kirk Cousins in the same draft. Yeah, and so Kirk Cousins went way after RG three and had a ten times better career. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then last thing I wanted to talk to you about because we're gonna do half of this pod is us, and then the other half is gonna be me and Alex. We're gonna probably do that for the rest of the. Next couple of weeks, we'll have you and me the first half, and then Alex and me talking some Jordan. We'll have you on to talk about some Jordan next I was week. Because so the Pistons, deprived. Pistons is next week, so we'd love to hear your thoughts I was on the that series. Witness, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jameis Winston, what what happens? What the dude just threw thirty picks, thirty touchdowns. He just got LASIK eye surgery apparently, so he had bad vision. So hey, there you go. He's posted some of the. I'm. I don't. No surprise to anyone who knows me. I don't work out a ton, so I don't know what these like workouts they are that they do. He's been posting the most like just random weird workouts I've ever seen. So he's like hungry or whatever. Like you know, him and Cam Newton. We got those two, or I guess Andy Dalton too. Andy Dalton is on the Bengals, but they're gonna take Joe Burrow. What do you? Where do you think these guys go? Is this New England make a run at them? Do they not Jameis? Yeah. Do, do the Chargers look at either of those two if they pass Probably on the Probably Jameis, because that's Fuck. the guy the Chargers would. Let me say, I love Jameis. I think he's fun to watch and entertaining. So, I don't want him to be my quarterback. No. Though. So he's a guy that I like to watch, but I would not want him to quarterback my team, because then I, I would hate him. Well, because what's going to happen with Jameis, he's going to throw four touchdowns in the first half the Chargers will be up 28-3 they'll throw four picks in the second half and they'll choke it is that not perfect for the Chargers given I don't their I'm sick of this I'm <laughs> sick of it draft to a damn it um so I don't know I I, guess. I think it's those it's Patriots Chargers I'm trying to think of it I mean potentially we don't have to go too deep into this but if Deshaun Watson hold like what an NBA player does and gets himself the hell out of Houston because of what's been going on there. I don't think it's probably possible in the Who's NFL to do that. for the Raiders? They have Mariota and Carr. Oh, they went there. I don't like either of those. Yeah, that's pretty. But I love that the Raiders have two shitty quarterbacks. That's great. Yeah, I don't have – I have a hard time Fuck the Raiders. seeing Belichick using a stopgap quarterback 
that he only wants to use for a year or two before they retire. So based on who's available out there, I'd be more inclined to believe that Belichick is actually going to go with Spillick. You Stidman? Then, Stidham? Yeah, Stidham, whatever his name is. The guy we don't even know who his yeah. name is. Then he would to bring in a decision maker like Jameis or a broken down guy like Cam. I can't there's see a There's a scenario, a though, patch. where Jameis, I don't see a scenario where he goes to the Patriots. There is a scenario, though, where Cam goes to the Patriots and they just are so good. There is. It's all dependent on Cam staying healthy. He can't pass accurately. There's no way. He's not an accurate passer. He was getting better before these injuries. He, he make Belichick insane. I don't know. I think Belichick is so He's creative. No, Belichick, think about this. Belichick is so creative. He loves to try new things. He's But he's been stuck for the last 20 years. Stuck is a bad way to put it. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever with a non-mobile quarterback. Maybe Belichick wants to fuck around with do, and do the option like we've seen these teams with Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. Cam is not that guy anymore. I think he's much more Why like not it. throw a fly... The the Patriots could literally just throw a flyer on Cam Newton. I don't. I the would do that. Upside on Jameis is bigger. The upside on Cam is bigger. Cam is a former MVP. He's broken. He's not the same. Jameis guy. is. While that may be true, I would have more faith in Cam than Jameis. I don't have faith in either of them. But if I have to bring in a guy, I want I'm Cam bring in back. I miss isn't broken. Cam Newton was the most fun player in football to watch for like two years. And then the, he took the hardest hits of any player I've ever seen and has never been the same. And that sucks, but yeah. he was so fun to watch. That's what Don't happens. downplay how fun he was to he watch. Was he fun, was but that's what happens to athletic quarterbacks. They get beat up. You're, you're and right. And their athleticism goes away and they're not the same guy. And nine times out of 10, that athletic quarterback doesn't, isn't also an incredibly accurate passer. Very few are the guys like Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson doesn't use his athleticism really mm -hmm. unless he Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson like use it. And w what I think we'll end up seeing is Patrick Mahomes doing the same, even though yeah. just shout I had Patrick Mahomes to score a rushing TD in the Super Bowl. It was a great feeling. Or was that the AFC Championship game? No, that was the Super Bowl. He ran it in. God, I miss I miss sports so 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 much. There's this rumor I saw that I really hope it's not true. That college football next year would be moved from, so it's like January to May. Imagine a Saturday in March next year where you have a full slate of college football and the NCAA tournament at the same time. They'll I, never I, do that. They'd the, stagger it. Yeah, but I, I just want it back so bad. I think baseball is going to be the next one we get back because you mentioned before we started taping that – it's the most realistic sport, easiest to social distance. I have to correct you. There's sports on today. Joey Chestnut is in an eating contest of oh, some like, kind. Is it like a Zoom eating contest? <laughs> I don't know. I just got some advertisements or notifications that There's there always, was betting available on the yeah, Joey Chestnut I, eating contest. I checked uh, Bavada last night, and the Twitch Madden streams are still going. Are they getting like 45,000 viewers? It was when I was watching, I did it once. I felt like a degenerate. I won. Hey, it was like I took the Packers minus three versus the Bears. And, On a simulated video. Yeah, game. whatever. And in the third quarter, I, okay, so the Packers are up by like 20 from the start. Third quarter, it's like 33 to seven. It's minus three Packers. So my bet is one. There's 35,000 people still watching this Madden game. Because <laughs> you could bet on like, in-game betting in yeah well video one of the funniest things that's out of all this quarantine has happened is big cat he started playing ncaa 2k or 2014 i believe was the last year ncaa football and he because people miss sports so much he out of nowhere who's never done twitch isn't ranked like number two on twitch because fifty thousand people will watch him play a college football game that's i feel like there's going to be a day soon where they decide you ever see those movies or TV shows where there's something that's going to open and it looks like a mob outside just yeah. dying to get in, whether it's Black Friday or something yeah, else? Yeah. That's what the casinos are going to be like the day they open. There's going to be like thousands of degenerate gamblers banging on the doors let me in. entry. There's a, I saw this article, I don't know how much truth there was to it, that some professional gamblers in Nevada are going to have claimed unemployment. And gotten it. Yeah. Well, if they file it on their tax returns, 
like know. income. That's actually the, what their job is. That's so fire. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, you, they can claim their losses. So, like, you know, that's it's like their business. What a world. Um, all right, we're going to wrap it up here. Stay tuned because we're going to talk a little MJ and the winners and losers of this NBA postponement. That if if the NBA season comes back, who did this maybe benefit? Who did this maybe hurt? I can't believe I'm not being consulted on MJ as uh, a witness. You, well, so insulting. Hey, you, you appreciate the time you get. Um, you're welcome for giving you this platform. Why don't you guys talk about more guys you didn't see play? Hey, man, we're watching this documentary, having a great time. Um, we will be right back. Can you let me know how Wilt Chamberlain was? I'm just going to cut this part out <laughs> of the fucking podcast. <laughs> All right. We will be right back. You can't cut that. That was fun. All right. Three. No, wait. Let me. Okay. Three, two, one. And welcome back to the Pineapple Couch. I am joined by our reoccurring guest, Alex Canner. Alex, how you doing, my friend? Doing great. Um, weirdly, there's been, or not weirdly. Um, we weirdly have something to talk about, I guess, because it's so it's been the normal of no sports, and we're just kind of thinking of things to talk about. But now we get this Michael Jordan documentary. It's ten parts, so the first two episodes came out last Sunday on ESPN, and so every weekend there'll be two more episodes. And so what we're gonna do is we're going to be breaking down these episodes, talking about them more. It's not like we were alive during the time that these happened, but what we'll do is we'll find some stories that maybe we didn't know of, talk about them, um, share some things that surprised us, surprised us. And then in some other episodes, we might bring on some experts. And by experts, I mean old people who were alive during this time. And we'll talk to them and see what they thought of the whole Jordan experience. Alex, what? I mean, okay, actually, I know exactly where we're going to start. I was going to ask you where do you want to start, but is Michael Jordan the coolest person ever? Yes, <laughs> he, he is. Yes, like, he's. I mean, that's the. I, I. I. While I was watching it, I couldn't get over the clothing, just the overall demeanor when he's in France and he's and he's rocking the beret. I mean, there were a lot of different things you're looking at. Like this guy, this guy was, was just such a cultural influence. Um, and yeah, he's got to be the coolest guy ever. I mean, you see all these NBA players that, you know, prior to wanting to be Kobe Bryant and even still today you know people want to be like Mike so yeah it he he's the type of guy where it feels like when he walks in the room the entire room stops and looks at him and he has a weird way of kind of like not ignoring it but just kind of going about himself when he's just because he is what people what I've noticed from this and I've been looking up and finding videos he was like the Beatles like in those movies where all the hundreds of girls would chase the Beatles, it wasn't hundreds of girls. It was hundreds of girls and guys chasing Jordan, wanting to get an autograph, just wanting to see him. And yeah, he's the coolest fucking dude ever. I was thinking about it. And within like 20 seconds of me going through all the people in my head, I was like, no, it's Jordan. Like <laughs> It's him. He's so cool. Um, so what we're going to do, though, is we're going to kind of we each have some things that we noticed or wanted to bring up. And what we watched this week, we're not going to do a summary of it because you can watch it and it'll do a great job of summarizing it. So we're just going to kind of nitpick at some stuff we like. Alex, why don't you start us off? Um, okay, so I think one of the 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 things that that like stood out to me the most um, or I mean, there's a lot of things. So I'll just kind of start here. And this kind of bleeds in, a, I think, a lot more to into the second episode is that. You have this guy that when people think of, you know, why were the Bulls so good? Who's the singular best player ever? Um, you know, you immediately just say like, oh, it was really Michael Jordan that just willed that team to victory night in and mm -hmm. night out. Um, and I definitely think that part of that is true. Like when you watch that, um, the Celtics series in what, like 88? Um, 
you know, you see Jordan, though they though they do lose all those games, um, you see him put up just unbelievable numbers, and he's really just has the team on his back. But um, I just thought it was so cool to see that even him then and now really understood the impact that um, Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson had on their success. And I think that's that's like, I mean, obviously that's why they're doing the last dance because Jordan didn't want to be there after Phil left, right? But him, the way that he spoke about mm-hmm. Scotty, I thought was so cool because you look at championship teams, you know, championship teams are never won by one singular guy and, and that applies to Jordan, right? Like you still need, exactly. you may, yeah, you may have one guy that wins a one-off championship, um, but to be a dynasty and to be, um, like to have that longevity, you need multiple guys. You know, like Steph Curry needs Clay and needs Kerr. Brady needs Belichick. Like there are times in which you need another person uh, to build a team. And even when that, it, even when it comes to Jordan, that that still applies. Like he he's not an exception to that rule, which which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I I really like that. I thought the quote that I don't remember if it was in the doc, but it was certainly like going viral this past couple of days was um michael jordan said whenever you say the name michael jordan you should also say the name scotty pippen and that's like kind of to go off your point like a lot of people a lot of people think of jordan as a little like solo one-man show kind of selfish and what you learn what i think we're going to continue to learn is yeah he's hard on his teammates but the dude just wanted to win and he was a great teammate. He pushed him very hard, and you saw his influence on guys like Kobe. Um, so I really like that. Um, the main question I had throughout the first two episodes, how the hell did the Bulls let Jerry Krause win in an argument versus Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Phil Jackson? Think about it. It's not like it's Kobe and Shaq arguing where there's – you, it's like you don't want to give up either or it's like a, a good coach and a good player feuding and it's like ah this is literally you have arguably the greatest coach ever in Phil Jackson the greatest basketball player ever in Michael Jordan and a top 20 25 player ever maybe I'm being rude and he should be higher Scottie Pippen versus this guy who yes he did construct the Bulls and made and helped contribute it just blows my mind that he would tell Phil Jackson who had already won five titles hey, I don't care if you win 82 games this year, you're done. And how an owner could let a man essentially run Michael Jordan out of the league. And it's just, I, if I was a fan of the Bulls, I don't think there would be anything more infuriating in the history of sports than like having your team do that. They kicked Michael Jordan out. He, they didn't get a chance to defend their last title. Like, didn't doesn't that blow your mind like maybe i'm being simple but that's just like imagine if see this bob myers is a really nice guy the gm of the warriors but imagine if it was like after last year when kd was done bob myers essentially was like nah steph and clay we're done with them and it was like it's me or them like and it was steph clay anchor it's just crazy to think about because that would never happen today and it's just I know he's going to get beat down and beat down. That's because he's like the villain of the documentary, but wild, right? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, I think the one point that we have to really keep in mind, though, here is that it does feel like, you know, when you when you hit that five, six, and in this case, you know, this is their seventh, eighth year together like that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like, who knows if Phil Jackson really had the will to fight in him when it, when it comes to this argument. You know, like, I that's something I've been trying to think about is, like, trying to put myself in that space, right? Like, obviously, we're, we're here, we're looking back on it, we're saying to ourselves, that's insane. But, you know, like, if, if you, I don't know if you saw this, but I know in, in episode three, they're going to talk about, you know, when Dennis Rodman comes in and he's like, I need a vacation. Yeah. And and I just think that there's things where it's like after a while, I mean, yes, you're winning championship after championship, but at what point do you just say something's got to change because literally because something has to change, you know, like oh, Kevin Durant. Yeah. Look at Kevin Durant. You know, that's a really good example. I mean, look at Tom Brady, right? Like 
and I, and I know it's a little different because he did have the, a final losing season, whereas Jordan did not. But I think the point that I'm trying to make here is that after a while, ownership down, you've got to be thinking to yourself, at some point this is going to end. And maybe they just wanted to be on the cutting edge of that. Um, and they wanted to move into a rebuild. But like whether it was Scottie Pippen's contract, the way he did his surgery, I mean, Jordan's just, you know right out of the gate since his rookie year, basically hating ownership um, and, and, and and like top management. It just seems like at some point it's going to snap. And when it, when it gets to the point that it's, that it is starting to loosen, you know, it's just got to be like people are, don't have the will to, to try to bring it all back together again and run it back again. You know? Yeah. That makes total sense. Um, I think it's like a weird coincidence that as this documentary is finally coming out, we, it's like the same time that Tom Brady finally left the Patriots looking for a change. And, I mean, Brady and Jordan, those might be the two goats. or sir, I think they're probably, the right, Jordan and Brady. So, yeah. Um, well, then you see Gronk returning. It's though? almost like this weird oh. Pippin thing, right? You have this idea where it's, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's awesome. Every Every Batman needs a Robin. You know, and they yep, said it in the exactly. documentary, and, and it seems to be clear here. Mm-hmm. Okay, speaking of Pippin, though, one thing I've seen, like, so it's been highly talked about of, like, how how bad Scottie Pippen's contract was, right? And I see, I've weirdly seen, like, a lot of people, like, they're going, like, yeah, Scottie Pippen made a bad decision then. And it's like, okay, I get that financially – that was not the best decision. He did get like fucked over by like a crazy rise in cap, like halfway through his contract. But I thought they did a great job in the documentary setting up why Scottie Pippen would take that contract because of the stuff that had happened to him in his life and his family. Of course, he's going to take that guaranteed money. Cause, and I think that people don't, didn't like put that together enough. I don't know if that stood out to you because it was like, they kept going like Scotty's terrible contract and you'd see people like, being like damn Scottie Pippen took this or yeah that was a dumb choice I don't think he really had a choice if I mean Scottie Pippen like what a life like what a I was never a giant Scottie Pippen fan and watching this like that dude was a fighter and he obviously got paid eventually but do do you get what I'm saying or am I just no I agree I agree well I mean there's no way that he could have known what was going to happen he didn't know how good he was going to be he didn't know how good Mm -hmm. Jordan was going to be he didn't know how good the Bulls were going to be and he didn't know that there was going to be a restructuring um, and that everyone was going to get paid more all of those things Mm -hmm. he didn't know which means that that's what happens like anything else when you enter into a very long term contract you know like that's the risk that you're making and, and yeah, like it's unfortunate, but look, Scottie Pippen made a lot of money and at the end of his, at the end of that time, like he had, he made his decision, you know, and he made his decision when he signed the contract initially. Um, so I don't necessarily feel bad for Scottie Pippen. Um, Oh, no, but, he but made so I, much money. but I, I just get why he signed it. No, I agree. I agree. When, when they, when they go through the backstory, it's like, look this guy has had a lot of pain in his past. And when he is offered this type of, you know, this, this guarantee for so long, it just seems mm-hmm. so appropriate that he would have taken it. Yeah, I agree. Um, what else stood out to you? What else you got? So I think the thing that stood out to me and, and, uh, this is something that we can get into. I'm, I'm sure we, I mean, we've talked about this on former podcasts too. Um, but the importance of the NCAA and how important um, Michael's time in college was. Um, yeah. You know, because just on our last podcast, you know, we talk about how people are going to go, maybe whether it's Euro, um, Australia, Asia, G League. The G League stuff that's been happening lately. It's I crazy. mean, there's even one player I saw, um, Kyrie Walker, who is not going to college and he's not even playing playing professional he's just going to train with a private trainer all year so we just see this movement away from college basketball and when you look at michael's story i mean he's still so connected to the school he's so connected to the coaching staff when he was injured he preferred to be in north carolina than he did chicago uh, which is Mm -hmm. just unheard of nowadays 
Um, he really grew there. He grew there. I mean, his basketball level, like he wouldn't have been the same guy starting in 88 that, that he was if he had not done three full years of college basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, one thing that also stood out to me, which I thought, I think that's a great point, actually. I'm bummed I didn't think of that because that Roy Williams quote about how Michael never freaking turned it off or something. I think it was something to those uh, that effect. That was a great part of the episode, and I forgot about that. The Another thing that stood out to me, though, is why did we go away from the 90s warm-ups? Like, why? Why? They're so freaking cool. And it's just like now they just wear these, like, dry sweat T-shirts, and it's just like in the, the Bulls intro, the way how it went at the end of episode one, it gave me goosebumps. I went back on YouTube and I just started watching like random Bulls intros from that era, giving me goosebumps. Um, yeah, I just don't know why they went. It, the '90s were just and '80s in basketball were just so cool, and it's because of le- legends, obviously, like Magic Johnson, Bird, and this whole documentary with Jordan is just making me realize how freaking cool Michael Jordan is and how freaking cool the NBA is. How much I freaking miss sports so so bad. So bad. What else you got? It was just nice to see David Stern. You know, that was really yeah. cool. That was like a really cool a thing. And, and he was there for the the whole time that that Michael was there and, and watching this rise of influence. Um, that part, I, I really enjoyed seeing that as well. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, do you have anything else or do you want to let, go into things we're looking forward and want to see in the future in the rest of this documentary? I think I'm good to go. I think I'm good to go. Okay. Well, so let me flip this paper. Um, so we know we're getting the Bad Boy Pistons next week, which is going to be electric. Um, uh, that's obviously something that um, we're looking forward to. So what I thought we'd do is we take turns. It doesn't have to be speed, but just kind of back and forth of storylines or stories that um, we hope to see in the show. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Okay. So I'm going to start. Um I want to get stories about MJ's gambling, golf, and playing cards. I want I know I've heard stories of him like putting $300,000 on a putt. You already heard Scotty Pippen j- talk about it in the first part first part of the documentary. He was like he just gave me a golf club so he could try and take my money on the course. I want to get to know that side of Michael cuz we got the young Michael in the beginning. I want to see Michael who would go golf 18 holes and then go drop 40 in the Eastern Conference Finals because I find that part of Michael Jordan fascinating. Yes, agreed. Um, also, just to go back when you were talking about the 90s outfits, those 90s golf outfits. Wow. Swag. Swag. The, the man was just amazing. The early 2000s were just the worst style too. So you went like, not like some of the 90s outfits are pretty bad, but like the early 2000s is just terrible when I think about it. So, yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, what do you got? Um, I am excited to see, you know, to really dive into, like, those first couple championships, too. Like, you know, we, we talk about, I feel like there's so much. We talk about the 97 Bulls, and we talk about the 95, 96 Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, the 72 and 10. But uh, the 72 and 10 team. But I think it's gonna be really cool to just learn to really do that deep dive on those early teams that are winning, you know, in the in the early '90s, because um, I really just don't know much about it. And I think that's like so much about this whole thing. Like, you know, you and I. I mean, I'm gonna. I, I think this thing humbled me a lot in the in the way that I'm like, oh, I'm a Jordan fan. I know about Michael Jordan, but I'm watching it. And I'm like, yes, I've seen videos on YouTube, and and yes, I've like watched games and stuff, but. It's, it's true when people say it, and even after this documentary ends, like, we still won't know the true impact that he had, like, what it was really like to watch him take over a game. Yeah. And, and that part of it sucks, but, I mean, this is awesome to see because it's as close as we're going to get. So Yeah, the g- great point. I think um, the combination of this and then the fact that we're all quarantined and I've just been watching NBA uh, reruns on NBA TV all day. It's really helping um, just appreciate, not that I didn't before, but just really appreciate um, the past of this game and how great it is. Um, I got another one for you. Something that I'm also interested to see is I want to see, I want to see MJ talk about why he hates Isaiah Thomas. 
and like how I don't I don't think they'd ever be like oh yeah and that's why we kept him off the dream team but that happened that's a fact I want I we know like that the Pistons Yo, that, and Bulls were such rivals but like I want to hear yeah. MJ talk about why he fucking hates Isaiah wait so when Isaiah, Isaiah when Isaiah he Thomas suck, he's just annoying when Isaiah Thomas walked off the court who was that against was that not the Bulls. Okay, well, I gotta so look his it crazy a- it ankle game was against the Lakers. I think it was against the Bulls. See here, we're just exposing ourselves right here of just not knowing because we're just I know, I infants. Know. Um, all right, give me another one, though, that you're interested. Well, you already named it. Um, Dream Team. I, I am, like, Ooh. really excited just to learn more about the Dream Team. Stories about the Dream Team. I mean, these guys were – I mean, that's – known as one of the best basketball teams ever put together of all time in the history of the world. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be cool because you have this guy magic, right? Who is the King at the time. Um, but it's really the dream team in which Michael's like, actually I run the NBA now. Um, and guys like Charles Barkley's coming up. Yep. And, and I think that's going to be really cool to dive into the stories there. I, I hope they do at least. Yeah, me too. I didn't think about that, but I really hope they do. Um, one thing that I hope we also see, I'll kind of go, um, this is like a two for one if you're okay with that. Um, I'm excited to see um, them talk about their series with the Knicks because if my, like Michael Jordan stopped a lot of people from getting championships, none, like you could make the argument that Patrick Ewing probably lost the most because of Michael because of all their battles and he kind of gets forgotten about in history when he was really, really good and just fell short to Michael. I'm excited to see that. And I'm also, if we can get anything on the Barkley Jordan, um, the finals that year after Barkley had won MVP, uh, that would really interest me as well. Agreed. Um, yes, it was against the bulls Eastern conference finals. Mm, okay. Um, you know, okay, so another thing I'm interested in is going to be the Rodman part of this whole thing and, and how that fits in. Um, but we we already kind of got the whole Rodman thing um, in the 30 for 30. So mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of that has been has been delved into. Um, but what I, what I want to know, and they, and they touch on it here and there, but I want to know more about the, the motivation part of it. Like, was, was the way in which... Michael treated his fellow teammates similar to how we might think that he did or similar to maybe how Kobe did. Um, like, did he get it by, you know, yelling? And I've, I've, it seems like that's what happened. Um, but I'm excited to see the behind the scenes on like, what was it that was it really that Michael was just so damn good that whether or not his team even you know was remotely okay michael was willing them anyways to victory so it's kind of like look guys do your damn job and i'll do the rest or was it that he really needed them to be good for the, the bulls to be good um and i think it's awesome just hearing about phil jackson's um view on the game you know because he went on to influence another big dynasty right in los angeles and i think it's gonna be mm-hmm. cool to learn about the zen god himself and and how he developed um, you know, learning about Michael and, and I, and I read Phil Jackson's book, you know, and he, he talks about that a lot. Like there was this guy, Michael, that was just such a singular guy, but like, how do you bring that into an actual offense and, and, and create a team out of a guy that could essentially be his own team? Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Um, Phil Jackson is a fascinating person and I think you basically previewed my next two points perfectly you set them up Um, because one of them was I really want to see MJ in practice so that's basically what you're saying about seeing the inside of the leadership and I also wonder if they'll touch on the time that MJ punched Steve Kerr in the face I would really like to maybe get some info on that that'd be some good shit that would be nice I mean it seems like him and Kerr have a really nice relationship so maybe they can Uh they can go into the skeleton closet because you know they're they're close friends nowadays yeah, that would be great. And I have one more um, before. Do you have st- some others still? Or No, I'm good. Okay. I don't, oh, wait. Last okay, thing. Last I'm, thing. I do find it slightly enjoyable to see Patrick Ewing talk about how Jordan dominated him as he's sitting wearing all Jordan gear. A little is, touch that, that, that is, I just found quite enjoyable. 
Wow, what an alpha move by Jordan. Um, that's great. Um, the one thing that I also find interesting, and I'm actually I'm curious what you think. I'm not sure if they're gonna show this. Do you think they're gonna talk about inside like MJ's mind for this like base for him going to baseball? Are they gonna talk about that? That's a really good question. I mean, they they, they must a like, little bit. I feel like they have to. I mean, there's like, like one whole season he's not yeah. there. <laughs> like I want to like. From what I've read and heard, it was like Jordan was basically bored, and he went to baseball. But I, I don't. I want to know more, and I want to hear what Jordan has to say about that because I really find that fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think learning more about his family too, and 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 his background. Like, I don't know if we're gonna go back into that or that kind of like was what episode one was. I mean, his dad died yeah. tragically. Yeah, and that's the okay. That's a really good point. I want to know more about that championship. You know, the, the championship mm-hmm. where you see Jordan on the floor holding the trophy after his father passed away. I want to, it, it feels really reminiscent of like, you know, watching Tiger win after his father yeah. passed away. Tiger and Jordan who are good buddies. I'm, I'm excited. Jordan took Tiger under his wing. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and so I'm, I'm, a, I'm not excited, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested in just hearing about that and kind of seeing how we influence Jordan as well. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Um, all right, we're going to do one more segment before we wrap things up today. Alex, thank you so much for being on. We're glad that quarantine has, I guess, propelled you to be a regular on the pineapple couch, which you should be and always should be because we're going to take this baby to the moon. Um, all right, winners of – all right, winners and losers – of NBA postponement if the NBA comes back. So a lot of reports actually in the last week or so, people are optimistic that the NBA is going to do some sort of thing to play out the rest of the season, like some sort of playoffs like that. GMs, owners, Adam Silver, they're optimistic that that is going to happen and that's something they're going to do. So with that being said, obviously we don't know if that's going to be 100% true. We're dealing with We're figuring out new stuff every day like you are. But what we wanted to talk about, just to talk about basketball, was so let's say that the playoffs get going in about mid-July, something like that, and they're going to play the playoffs in the summer. Who, who, Who does this weirdly benefit? Obviously, no one wants this to happen. I'm not saying, like, oh, this benefited this guy, and he's like, no one wants that. They wanted to play out the season normally. But let's talk about what this rest, like the ramifications of this rest could be. Does that make sense? Yep. Perfect. So my, I feel like we'll just do what we did last time. We'll take turns with teams or players, that we th- and we'll give a case of what we think the effect will be on. That sound good? Okay, so first one. LeBron and the Lakers. I think that rest is good for them. Um, I I get maybe the fact of, like, if you're an older team, um, the absolute stopping of play and then having to jump back into it could be a little intimidating. But I think, like, what we've seen this, this season with LeBron not having to play the playoffs last year, LeBron with rest is a terrifying thing. And so I, I do think, like, while that... I do think this is kind of good for them. I don't think it's a deal, like a game changer or a deal breaker, but I do think LeBron with extra rest, never a bad thing. Yeah. So, so here's my zag on on the Lakers here. No zag away. Is that I think the Lakers were coming off of such a good weekend of basketball, right? So they're coming off of two true, really true. great wins against both the Clippers and Bucks, who at that time and still probably today we all see as the biggest contenders when it comes to um, who's going to win the championship. They were absolutely gelling. And, you know, yes, you have LeBron. And, I mean, that changes a lot because he is, in the playoffs at least, still one of the best players in the league, if not the best player in the league. Um, so, for me, I'm, I, I think it's a loss. I think that, I think that the Lakers would have liked to keep playing and, and ride that momentum all the way into the playoffs, whereas now basically all the momentum's gone, and you have to reset that along with every other team that is now coming into the playoffs thinking to themselves, yeah, okay, the Lakers won a couple games in February, so what? Yeah, it's a new season. That's a really good point. Um, I like that zag, so I'm going to give you another thing and see if you zag about it. Um, so it's kind of like a crackpot theory. 
Um, so James Harden and Russell Westbrook, what are they known for in the playoffs? They kind of flame out. Am I right? They do. They have a tendency of uh, getting to a game six and seven and uh, not shooting a high rate from the field. Yeah. So, and some people will say that the reason for this is because they carry their they play so many minutes in the regular season. They carry such a big load. Theoretically, does this rest give us a more energetic Harden than we've usually got in the playoffs? Maybe, or I personally am of like maybe that this could help them like beat the Jazz or Nuggets if they were to play them. I don't think that this will help them beat the Lakers or Clippers because I don't think they're at that level. But I actually do think that this would help the Rockets. What do you think? Uh, I agree. And I've actually been thinking about this a lot. Like, what style of game is impacted by taking essentially two months off if assuming these guys don't have a court in their house, right? So if you have a court in your house, like, you're still shooting the ball all the time. But, like, Russell Westbrook's game, like, he's still going to be in insane shape. Like, his game is not going to really change because of this. Whereas, like, I think of some of these guys, mm-hmm. same with Giannis. His game isn't going to change. When you take some of these other guys, like, is, I mean, this is a bad example because he's not necessarily going to be in the playoffs. But, like, is Trey Young. When was the last time Trey Young has ever gone two months without shooting basketball? And I've, I watched that horse game. He's got a, the same basketball hoop I have outside. So, I, I, think about, <laughs> I think about, like, do you become worse a little bit if you're a shooter? Where, where you take a guy like Russell Westbrook, he's just rested up, ready to barrel downhill to the rim. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I say that, and I, I really don't know. But it, it's, it, it feels to me like, like he would benefit a little bit from that. Okay, I like that. Um, another thing, so I think, you'll, I think you'll be on the same side of me on this one. With a team like the Clippers, where they have had um, – their starting lineup has played like an absurd – absurdly low amount of minutes together because Kawhi's load management, Paul George has been injured, yada, yada, yada. I think that this rest is really good for them um, because I don't think Kawhi has emotions, so I don't think that this will affect Kawhi in any way at all. And I think that it'll allow Kawhi to... Because one thing you remember about the playoffs last year was how Kawhi was so dominant, but he was he was hurting by the end of it. He was limping, and when he was holding the trophy, he like he gave it his all in the finals and played out, but he was hurting. So with a team with Kawhi as their best player, I think that rest is good. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that rest, rest is always good, especially in this case. Um, but here's something I'm curious about, and again, like this, from a, from a science perspective, like I, I don't know all the details, but Something that I've been thinking about is the the intensity in which players are running um, and overall treating a playoff game is so different from the regular season. So I wonder, like, what is the impact on a player's body going from essentially zero to 100 rather than going from 80 to 100, right? Where you're rolling from the regular season into the playoffs, whereas now, you know, they're going from basically on their couch to what? The next week they're playing... A, uh, you know, a game one of a game playoffs, one. and then yeah. within a week from that, they're playing in a game seven. I mean, I just think that that's going to be really interesting because I think that players are going to need more rest in those early s- series to like get back into the swing of things. That's a great point. That's a great point. Um, another team that I think it helps is potentially the 76ers when you look at the injuries they were dealing with. And I guess it really depends on the severity of Ben Simmons' back injury and if this is going to allow him to be 100% by the time. But they were not looking good. Even though like they were very dominant at home, they were terrible on the road. And they'd obviously been dealing with some injuries and drama, Al Horford not playing well. I think that this, if Ben Simmons can come back healthy, this could potentially save or halt or delay the Sixers of blowing it up. And by blowing it up, I mean by trading like Simmons or Embiid. True. And, and um, well, it's going to be really interesting how it plays out. You know, it just, it, I, th- th- this whole thing is so interesting because I'm so curious, does, like, what is the legacy of this championship if it plays out, right? Like, when we talk about, the, is it a lockout yeah, year? Is like? it a, is it a, that's the exact thing I'm going to relate it to, right? Like, is it a lockout year? Is it when we look back on this, we say, yeah, that team won. Yeah, that person had a good year. Yeah, that person won NBA Finals. But that was the Corona year. 
Yeah, and I think that that'll be really interesting to see how they handle it because let's say they play like five or six games to end the regular season. I don't think that that will cause much of a hurrah. Maybe some of those nine seeds will be pissed, but that you're a nine seed, you're not winning the title. But if the playoff series are shortened, so like you're getting best of five series maybe in places where we're used to seven, that's where you'll see some team's fans start putting asterisks on stuff. Even if they shouldn't, but they will. And it'll just annoy whoever won. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I wonder, like, I would love to ask LeBron that question. You know, let's say, LeBron, like, what does this mean for your legacy? You know, because if LeBron had a choice between winning a championship with no break and winning a championship with a break, it seems like he would definitely choose to, to play all the way through and, and win it in a natural year. Yeah. You know, uh, because at the end of the day, that's gonna, it sucks, but it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be one of those things where you say, yeah, but, um, and that's unfortunate. I personally but. think the Lakers and Clippers are both good enough to where it's like, yeah, they're they're. Uh, I, I guess I'm disrespecting the Bucks there. I think the Bucks are a little a little lower than those two. I think that those two teams, where it's like, if they win at all, it's like, I guess those two teams can bicker at each other about who is better or whatever and all this. But like, those two teams are so legit that I'm like, yeah, they're a legit team. Like, if you're good enough, it's just like, well, I'll, props to you. It's not like when the Knicks without Patrick Ewing made the finals in 1999. It's not like that sort of a no, – no disrespect to that team. Um, you got anything else? Yeah, I think the a winner here, if they don't end up playing out, some a, a player I keep thinking about is Kevin Durant. You know, like if this season ends and Kevin Durant basically gets to take a year off that was a wash year anyways, come back next year um, – what a weird turn of events that's going to be if he ends up bringing the Nets into the finals, you know, let's say next year. Because technically then he's now, you know, three straight finals. Um, yeah, dude, same shit with Curry and, and Steph. And same with Curry and Clay and the entire Warriors organization, which is just a really weird thing. So, I don't know. They're if they don't bring it back. Still defending Western Conference champions. Correct. If they don't bring it back, um, the Warriors are going to be, I don't know, they're going to be back in it, baby, and I love it. Yep, I agree. I think um, last thing I'll say is I think that this helps the Bucks um, because there is going to be a little rust coming back, and I think that the Bucks with Giannis, like maybe that the Celtics or Raptors had a shot against the Bucks. I think that this kind of the Bucks are just with Giannis. They're just they have a they have a higher floor than those other teams. So that's that's my reasoning there. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, Alex. Always a pleasure. We'll be talking to you next Monday or Tuesday for our recaps of Jordan documentary part three and four, and then whatever ever, whatever other stuff we want to talk about. Hopefully Michael Frank will be here to join us because he's in the process of getting a mic. Um, thank you so much to everyone for listening to the Pineapple Couch. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, everybody. Glad to be here. B-Rob, I'll talk to you soon. Stay safe. And um, thank you, ESPN for releasing the last dance thank you we're all much obliged yeah i agree um i'll talk to you next time alex uh, god bless adios